Hey, it's Sean. Hey, it's Bree. And this is I Can Explain. The podcast where we answer the questions that you are too afraid to ask. And this week's topic is <laughs> compulsory heterosexuality. <laughs> um, why are you laughing already? You were just looking at the screen and laughing. I'm just in a giggly mood. Oh, you're just giggles. I'm just well, giggles today, yeah. Um, so yeah, compulsory heterosexuality. Heterosexuality. It's the topic of the day. Yeah. Um, I really feel like if there's a topic that I'm an expert on, it's this one. Okay. Because I lived a large portion of my life practicing compulsory heterosexuality. <laughs> John's looking at me like he wants to kill me because I'm putting on my sweater because it's cold. I've never seen a human. Hey, humans. Um, <laughs> I've never seen a human put on a sweater slower than that. I was trying to be quiet for the mic. It wasn't. <laughs> That's why I was staring at you. <laughs> With anger <laughs> yeah. in your eyes. Chop, chop. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like... You lived so much of your life putting on that sweater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just putting on that heterosexual sweater <laughs> yeah. for ages. No, I, I think there's different levels. Like, to me, it's kind of like the difference between lying and just not giving information. Okay. In the sense that I think there are people that are LGBTQ plus that spent a lot of their life not living as their authentic self or like, I hate to use the word practicing. It sounds like you're practicing religion or I have no idea what else, but, um, but like acting on, on their sexuality. Like for me, it would be dating a woman. Yeah. Like there's people that just didn't do what they really wanted to do and then there's people like myself that went the extra mile and didn't just not act on my inner feelings but i went the full length of trying to live heterosexually okay and like present heterosexual like i didn't just not date girls but i really tried to be a, like a woman hater no <laughs> <laughs> you know i, I really tried You're to like just the, hate them all the norms that i am told by society is that women <laughs> hate women <laughs> so i will do that <laughs> no not at all i definitely had a lot of like female friends but i really put a high level of importance in my life to be attractive to men. Right. And, like, want men to want to date me. Um, I dressed for men. I really, like, I even remember going into, like, grade eight and thinking, okay, well, all the girls are getting a boyfriend, so I've got to get a boyfriend. And to me, I didn't understand that everyone else wasn't doing those steps because they thought they should, like I was. I thought that, like, I thought everyone was kind of checking off those boxes. Like, okay, you have to try and make it with a guy now. Yeah. Okay, you have to try and get a boyfriend now. It was very much like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, so this is what I'm going to do. And I thought that's what everyone else was doing, too. So when this was happening, mm-hmm. were you aware that you were just checking boxes? Uh, but that's the thing. Like, to me, I don't... Th- I think I was aware that I was checking boxes, but I just thought that's the way that women felt about men. Oh, okay. Yes, so, like, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I I don't think that I was fully aware of my sexuality. When I look back, of course, it's easy to be like, I knew that I was gay. But I had stuffed it so far down because to me, I mean, a big part of compulsory heterosexuality <laughs> is 
<laughs> is that like we're so surrounded by society's norms and expectations and you know representation on tv and seeing all our friends be in heterosexual relationships that i i wasn't even like okay on one side i could be heterosexual and on the other side i could be gay it was just like I need to be heterosexual. There weren't even the options. I wasn't even weighing the options. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just thought, okay, this is what you do. And the feelings were so far removed from it for me personally, but I didn't realize that all my other friends that were women did not also feel the same way I did. Yeah. That like they, they were actually interested in dating. Yeah. It wasn't people. a checklist. It was enjoyment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Whereas like for me, I just remember being stressed. Like, oh my God, all my friends have had a boyfriend and I haven't had a boyfriend. Like, I got to catch up. Yeah. And I remember, like, that was the same thing for so many different, like, milestones in my life. Like, all my friends have a date to the dance. Like, I've got to get a date to the dance. Like, all my friends, you know, have, like, a guy who decorated their locker for Valentine's Day. So I've got to get that. And it was so much more of, like, a presentation thing that other people would know a guy liked me or that, like, other people would know that I've had a boyfriend. Um, And there really wasn't, looking back, like, any sort of actual, like, yearning of, like, enjoyment or feeling. But I would get that feeling of happiness from succeeding those checks. Ah, yeah. So, you do love success. <laughs> yes. So I think so I think I confused that. Like I would be excited that I'd have a boyfriend and I would confuse that for being like interested in this boy. I think the the time in my life that had the most compulsive heterosexuality mm-hmm. um was definitely high school. Yeah. And it's so funny when you talk to mostly straight people. Mm-hmm. There are some queer people or people on the spectrum that, you know, have different experiences, obviously. Yeah. But sometimes when you talk to straight people and say, or me personally, I yeah. say, oh, I actually had girlfriends in high school. Right. And they're like, oh, to cover your tracks? Yeah. like, eh. mm-hmm. And I'm like, you really think that I was doing enough work introspectively yeah. to realize that it was, like, I wasn't smart enough to be covering my tracks. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know I had tracks to cover. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, like, other people did, yeah. but I hadn't caught on yet. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's so wild to just think back and... Like you said, there are so many confusing feelings. Mm-hmm. You were confusing yours with the success of checking off a box. Yeah. Um, but I was confusing that I enjoyed somebody's company as yes. a friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, everybody is dating people because they're enjoying this as a friend. Yeah, they're totally. just enjoying mm-hmm. time together. Yeah. And then everybody else was like, we're fucking. And yeah. I was like... Friends, <laughs> you are friends. Yes, exactly. No, I I think it's so interesting because even like okay, I had this one first boyfriend. I think I've talked about this before on this podcast, but he was like very like impressively romantic for a young age. Like he like was very artistic and he drew me and like all these different things. I'm sorry, he drew you. Yeah, like he was very like. His, he came from, like, an artistic family, and he, like, walked me down to, like, the water by his place and, like, had set up a surprise picnic down there. Did it suck and... when he froze in the ocean and you were <laughs> on the door yes. and they picked you up? It was a shame. It yeah. was kind of sad. Yeah. I wish I had just hung on a little longer. You know, yeah. there's only so much you can do. R.I.P. Jack. <laughs> yeah, so me and Jack, um, while it lasted, um... 
I remember being excited when he would do those romantic things because I knew that people would think that was romantic. So that's a confusing one too, though, because if anybody drew me, (laughs) if my worst enemy drew me, I'd be happy. You'd be like, oh, (laughs) that would confuse me. So I do. I will give you some slack on this. And that was my first, like, quote unquote, boyfriend. Does Julia draw? You don't want Julia to draw you. (laughs) (laughs) If I want my self-esteem to hit the bottom of the ocean, like Jack, like Jack's corpse did. Yeah, no. So I remember like going on this date and being like, this is what boys are supposed to do to impress girls. Like, wow, he's doing all those things that that girls are supposed to like. Okay. so I'm supposed to like this. And then I'm going to go back and I'm going to tell my friends, oh, my gosh, he did this and this and this. And they're going to think that's really impressive and really cool. And it's like, I got a good one. There was no point that I was like, actually like, oh, my God, like this is making me feel like amazing it was more like i had seen this in movies and i had read this in books and this is like the you know high school rom-com moment where he walks me down and there's a surprise picnic set up and he played musical instruments and all the things so it was really like the perfect storm of of like some yeah of you probably would have come out earlier if you had realized that all men were trash <laughs> and you got the one that's gonna serenade you with a string quartet and draw you <laughs> so yeah so i dated him for like it was like four weeks or something like that it was like it was a wow you couldn't even hold on moments. for the art <laughs> no and honestly looking back i realized why i broke up with him it's because he was too um connected to his emotions and cared too much that it freaked me the fuck out because I didn't want to hurt him. And so I like, like literally looking yeah. back, cause I remember going to break up with him and I was like, why am I breaking up with him? I can't, couldn't understand why I was bringing up with him. Cause I did like him as a person. And yeah. I was impressed by him. And I was like, it's cause he's like wise beyond his years. And I could tell in comparison to like other high school boys that just wanted to like make out with their girlfriends that he like actually was like very like interested in me and like intelligent and emotionally intelligent. And I panicked. I wonder if situations like that, you know that there's something wrong mm-hmm. in the back of your mind. No. And it's yeah. almost like you want to protect them from the explosion. That's what it was. I, like, I know back, this isn't going to last. This yeah. whole Bree straight thing isn't, isn't going to last long. So I'm going to mm-hmm. shield you from the impact. A thousand percent. Yeah. Because I like, compare it to my next relationship. Okay. So I had this relationship. Not a drawing in sight. And then <laughs> single drawing. <laughs> and then the next guy I dated was my like long term, my one long term boyfriend. Okay. And I remember it was my birthday party. I think it was like my 16th birthday, 15th or 16th. Don't remember. And I, um, we had been best friends for like years, like two or three years at this point in high school, all through high school. And then I made out with him on my birthday. I think it was my 15th. I made out with him on my birthday. And then the next morning he was like, oh, about last night. And I talked to my friends about it. And I was like, I guess it makes sense because I'm like, I love him as a friend. He's been my best friend forever. And then the only piece missing in a relationship is that you also make out. That's the way I understood relationships at that point. I still didn't understand that I was gay or what like component I was missing. How I computed heterosexual relationships or like any relationship is that 
you really like the person as a friend and then you also happen to hook up. Yeah. That was the two pieces that I thought like equaled relationship. So I really liked him as a friend. And now you'd made out. And then now we'd make out. So I was like, okay, so that means that we're supposed to be together. And that's like what a relationship is. So we start dating. And I honestly think why that one lasted, like no offense to him, (laughs) but he was very not deep. Okay. Like, I cannot think of a conversation that went past surface level for the years that we dated. Like, it was very, like, high school, surface level, what party are we going to on the weekend? Oh, should we play beer pong or slap cup with, like, the guys that are coming over? He's not sad about the breakup because he still doesn't (laughs) know it happened to this day. (laughs) It was, like, so surface level. Like, I don't remember any sort of introspective conversation, any sort of deep level. So I think a big reason why, like, I settled into that relationship was because it felt safe because it was like, here's my, basically we're best friends and we also happen to hook up and we're friends with all the same people. So we just like go to the party and we would like not even hang out at parties. So we go to the party together and then he'd do his thing. I'd do my thing. And then like, that was it. And I was like, this is what a relationship is. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. I thought that's what everyone felt and did. So like, to me looking back now, I'm like, oh my God, like, how was I so like unaware of my lack of emotion. Yeah. Because the times that I would get emotional in the relationship is when he did something wrong that on paper I knew was wrong to do in a relationship. Okay. So like, for example, like if he like flirted with another girl or something, my friends would be like, Oh my God, like that's rude or that's inappropriate. Or like, I think this girl likes him and he's flirting back or whatever. And then I would get upset because I was embarrassed that he was doing something wrong. You know what I mean? So I was like, you shouldn't do this in a relationship and you're embarrassing me because we're supposed to be like loyal to each other. So now I'm pissed at you. Yeah. It was never actually about like me being hurt that he could like somebody else or be like into anybody else. No, you were continuing to check the boxes. Yeah. I was like, we're supposed to be the like perfect couple that are together and loyal to each other. And you're screwing up this whole facade for me. Like you're really check a fight box. You're really like messing it up for me. And that went on for however many years. And it was interesting to see the change happen because during those couple of years, when it started, I would have never, like, it wasn't like I was trying to push down the fact that I was gay, as you said, like, there, I didn't even know I had tracks to cover. Yeah. But by the end of the relationship, it was very much that. I was becoming more and more aware of, like, my own feelings. I would go to parties, you know, he would, like, give me the quote-unquote pass to, like, make out with a girl. And once again, in my head, I was like, I'm doing this because, like, guys think it's cool. Like, yeah. I would write it off in my head, like, I would try and, like convince myself that that was normal. I'm doing this because he's going to think it's hot. Exactly. But really, I could care less if he was in the... There's one time specifically, which is funny to remember, that I remember I was making out with this girl at this party. We had, like, played spin the bottle or something. And when I stopped making out with her, I looked up and realized no one else was in the room anymore. And I hadn't even noticed that everyone had left and we were still making out in the room. And I, I think that was like one of the first moments. And you realize you were never at a party. (laughs) (laughs) And time kind of froze. And I was like, Oh yeah, that was really just, um, 
That was for me. That was just for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was really just, hey, just, yeah, just that a me was thing. Me, yeah. That was a me <laughs> thing. And even before that, like, I remember when I made out with girls before dating guys, it would always be like, oh, we're, like, you know, the practicing thing. Or, like, this is just fun. Like, we're just having a laugh. Gal pals having a laugh. Yeah. Like, it would always be, like, there'd be some excuse of, like, the reasoning that I was doing it. But I became more and more aware of, like, the fact that all these things I was doing in my life was because I thought that's what I was supposed to do in life. Um, and all these things that I wasn't doing is because I thought that I wasn't supposed to do them. And totally. it didn't make sense to me. Like, I didn't have any representation at the time. Like, I've talked about before, like, I didn't watch YouTube. I didn't know. Like, I was very in my fishbowl of my friend group at high school. And no one happened to be out. And so I just didn't even know that possibility existed. So when I started having those feelings, it was, like, very confusing for me. And because it was really, like, figuring it out for myself. And I think that's a good um, thing to say for people that think that, like, people become gay because of movies they watch or creators they watch or things they see online. Like, I literally might as well have dropped me in the middle of Sahara fucking desert. I would have figured out that I was gay. Also, it's funny that people make that claim, mm-hmm. oh, they must be gay because of media mm-hmm. and stuff. There is way more straight shit out there. Yeah. Like, you have just to dig through it to if find you the... did the ratio, everybody yeah. would be gay. Yeah. I mean, not everybody, <laughs> everybody would be straight. There's yeah. just way more content. Yeah, 100%. If you're saying that content flips people that easily yeah. or or um, influences their sexuality, yeah. there's not enough gay shit to, to build a team. The other yeah. Way. yeah, exactly. Like, we're far outnumbered when it comes to, yeah, definitely. to that. Hey, Gabers, today's episode is sponsored by Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert in language learning for 30 years for a reason. They are so good at helping you learn a language naturally in a way that allows for long-term retention and it actually works. Trust me, this is coming from someone who attempted to learn a language in high school through the whole textbook old school method. Did not work. Rosetta Stone is different than that, okay? They really focus on allowing you to really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. I also love a feature that they have built in that's called True Accent. It's a speech recognition feature, and it's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's super convenient. You can do the lessons on your desktop or in app and it's an amazing value the lifetime membership has all 25 languages so you don't have to stop at one don't put off learning that language there's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time i can explain podcast listeners can get rosetta stone's lifetime membership for 50 percent off visit rosettastone.com today that's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. It's funny because I have talked about it before, but um, my first girlfriend, I had the same thing. Mm-hmm. We had been friends and then made out basically and i was like oh this is this is a girlfriend and we would go to movies or go out Mm -hmm. for sushi and do things like that and i was like this is my girlfriend and then it started getting to the point that i wasn't interested Mm -hmm. but my mind told me that we just weren't a good fit 
Right. You know? Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe she's annoying me. Maybe <laughs> we're just, you know. Yeah. She's a Libra. That's <laughs> just, <laughs> which automatically would have Stars been a, a, a gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my brain told me that we just weren't a good fit. Right. That was the only reason. Mm-hmm. And I, in my straight brain at the time, thought, well, I'll just try someone else. Oh. And perfect. that'll be the perfect yeah. fit. And so both of my first two girlfriends I dated for, I think, like nine months. Yeah. And it's funny because, for me at least, with uh, compulsory heterosexuality, mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things that as soon as you you see the other side, oh. as soon as you open the curtain and see like the Wizard of Oz man on the other side, um, you're fucked, mm-hmm. and it hits you like a ton oh. of bricks, and then you start realizing that every it's like. When people say you die and your mm-hmm. life flashes before your eyes, yep. you honestly, I felt like I saw my straight life flash before my eyes because you yep. start going back and thinking about all of those weird mm-hmm. little tiny interactions mm-hmm. and decisions you made and things not adding oh. up and things not aligning yeah. and making out with girls at parties and everybody leaving and you guys yeah. still being in the room. Yeah. All of that floods in. And I honestly, weirdly enough, remember one of the first times that mm-hmm. I allowed myself to start questioning all those Mm -hmm. decisions I was in the shower like Uh, all good mental breakdowns um I remember my shower was broken and I was in my parents like I remember it so specifically Mm -hmm. that's how haunting it is Mm -hmm. and I was having a shower and then suddenly it was while I was I think right after actually I uh had dated my second girlfriend I was like wait a second Maybe, just maybe, I didn't like her for another reason. (gasps) And I remember in my brain going, no, 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 no. You know? I had this same moment. Yeah, where you're like, fuck, fuck, no, no. Because obviously, uh, I I think things have changed positively in the times that (laughs) we have come out. Mm -hmm. But even now, it's obviously a hard thing to come to terms with. And I remember being like, fuck, if that's the reason, like, I'm screwed. I'm fucked. Same. It's so, I had that almost very similar moment. I was like... You know, when you, like, get sweaty, when you're, like, and your, like, palms are sweating, and you're, like, having a panic attack? I had a gay panic attack. And now I have one all the time, but... (laughs) I was doing my... Okay, so this is funny, because it ties in. So, this one girl that I made out with at this party, she was, like, an older girl. The one that it lasted? No, this is a different time. okay. I made out with all sorts of girls. (laughs) I'm gathering. Should have gathered. But, like, speaking to that, like you just said, it's one of those weird things that, like, a lot of people are like, oh my god, so like, that whole time were you covering it up and like, did you feel bad that you were lying to everyone? It's like, I was lying to my damn self. Totally. I, I, I didn't even have enough knowledge to be lying to other people. Yeah. Like, when you all started realizing, I was realizing. Like, no, when I, you guys realized, <laughs> I give me th- three years. Yeah. I need to catch up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, anyways, I had made out with this one girl at this party who was like a couple years older than me, a year older than me, something like that. But at the time, it seems like a big deal, you yeah. know? Like, I'm like, oh, older, older women. Girl. Like, oh my God, hot. <laughs> um, maybe that's how I have a thing for older women now. Oh my God. Because this was like my first like big moment that had to do with an older maybe. woman. Oh my God. I need my therapist to tell me about that. Anyways, so I made out with this girl at this party. Same thing, like we made out in like the basement downstairs. Like people had co- some of yours gone... might have maybe 
been more obvious. <laughs> I will say okay, that. Okay, but we've talked about this before, and I think the difference is, is, is that, that it it's was accepted normalized for women, for women to kiss women. But if you had kissed guys, it would have been more obvious. Totally. For you, no, right? I absolutely agree. It's just funny here. It's funny. Yeah, it's totally funny. So, anyways, we had like gotten dared to kiss and then we had like kissed in front of people on the like main floor and then we had gone downstairs to kiss alone just to continue the dare who knows why i have no idea why yeah so anyways we kissed and then afterwards she i just remember like she embodied so much of like what i thought was like so cool at the time like she just really didn't give a fuck and like owned herself okay so we'd kissed, and then she'd walked back upstairs in the party and just, like, loudly been like, okay, Bree's the best kisser I've ever kissed. And she just, like, was, like, very, like, out there. I, I don't even know what she identifies at this point. I, I just think that, like, she's just her. Okay. She was always, like, one of those people that just would say everything. She didn't care if it, like, made her look different or whatever. And I thought she was, like, so hot and cool. Anyways, so she says this, and I just remember hearing that because I was still coming upstairs, and I heard her say that to everyone. And I was like, oh, my God, like... She just said I was, like, the best kisser. Like, holy shit. So, anyways, the week after, there was another, like, high school party or, like, get-together or whatever. And I was sitting in my room, and I would sit in front of the mirror and do my makeup. And I'm sitting in front of the mirror doing my makeup. And I'm playing over and over again in my head her saying that I'm the best kisser. And all I can think about is the fact that she's going to be there that night and wondering if we will be quote unquote dared or like something will happen that I will get to kiss her again. And I was very nervous that my performance will match up with what she thought of me the last time of still being a really good kisser. Yeah. So I'm sitting there for an hour thinking like, oh my God, like if I kiss her tonight, I've got to do the same way. Cause I was like, she clearly really liked that. And I'm like thinking about this for an hour. All of a sudden I have this like weird, like, you know, the crack kind of shows. Yeah. And it's so hard to explain to people because people will be like, you're thinking that for an hour and at no point do you think maybe I'm like really into this girl or I'm gay. But you, it's you don't. Like, Genuinely you don't. you don't. Like it's like, that is compulsory heterosexuality. It wasn't even an option. I didn't think about it. And then the crack. And I literally That's have this moment. All it takes. And all, I have this moment like, why am I not thinking about, I'm going to this party with my boyfriend. Why am I not thinking about kissing my boyfriend at this party? And I remember looking in the mirror and going, like, in my head, like, fuck, 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 fuck. Like, totally. freaking the fuck out. And I'm doing my makeup, and I, I continue doing my makeup, and as I'm doing my makeup, I just out loud say, you're gay, to myself <gasps> in the mirror. I say, you're gay. How has this never come up in this I don't podcast? Know, this is like this is like the craziest. I thought I had said this. I don't think you've podcast. ever I'm said right. that. You People <laughs> tell me if I've, I've said this, because, like, Literally, this is, like, the craziest moment. I say, you're gay, and then I start hysterically laughing. (laughs) I would, too. (laughs) I start laughing so hard, and I'm like, you're not gay. Like, what a ridiculous thought. And I start laughing, and then the panic kind of subsides through, like, me laughing about it. And then I, like... Which, if somebody was watching this happen... Can you imagine me sitting there doing makeup? You're gay. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just remember, like, kind of going back into a bit of a panic. I, like, teared up a bit, and then I was just like just forget this and I went to the party and I like shoved it back down but this, that was the that first... sounds like my morning routine no, that... no. <laughs> you're gay you're gay <laughs> laughter tears and then just shove it down yeah shove it down keep going and then I literally but that once that happened I became increasingly aware like yeah. the once the awareness is there it's impossible to unsee the awareness it's first the awareness and then even almost worse than I think the yeah. initial moment where you yeah. see the, the person behind the curtain is 
the now the fog oh God, of yeah. realizing that every single one of the things that you're thinking and acting on and all that is now for a specific reason mm-hmm. and then overthinking every interaction and all mm-hmm. the, oh it's the And not only did I overthink every interaction I'd ever had before but moving forward my life for that next like year or two before I actually came out was so much harder because and I kept I always remember like wishing I went back to like the ignorant place yeah. because then I overthought every interaction moving forward. Things that I would do before and think nothing of, like making out with a girl at a party, because I was like almost ignorant to myself, I never even processed that people would consider that me being gay. But then moving forward, I was so stressed about doing anything because I thought in the same way I had just pieced it together, other people were going to piece else. it together. So then everything... Somebody else doing their makeup. Bree's gay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then i so then everything became so thought out and it got like obsessive like to the point that i like every little thing that i did i would be stressed about how i was presenting it i totally went the full opposite way of trying to like steer it in the other direction yeah steer in the other direction trying like please boys in the sense of like wear like super like dresses things that i thought like tight fitting dresses things that i thought boys would find hot like talk like i was boy crazy like oh my god all i want in life is to like marry a boy and like blah 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 like i tried to overcompensate outside because inside i was like this now i know this is the last thing i want and i'm freaking the fuck out yeah it really is ignorance is bliss yeah because for the like first time, I was just ignorance making out with is, girls. Yeah. I was like, this is great. Yeah, and then you're like, fuck. <laughs> and then I realized that I liked making out with girls. It's a little too much, and then I really yeah. just... I think people um, downplay, especially people that obviously haven't had these experiences, downplay how much weight yeah. heteronormativity has on someone's psyche yeah. in the way that we say we didn't realize we yeah. weren't covering our tracks. Totally. Like it's, pr- it's pretty insane yeah. that every single decision that's just assumed straight mm-hmm. for the first, I don't know, for you 15 years of your life, yeah. like that obviously fucks your brain. <laughs> oh yeah. And it makes you feel kind of, for me at least out of control Yeah, because it made me question. I'm like, how was I so like embedded in the societal system that I was just going from point A to point B to point C to point D that I thought I was supposed to do in life. Like, that's a lot of, like, unwiring. Oh, yeah. To, like... Has, like, cult vibes. Yeah. To feel like... Like, that's how it felt for me. Like, how have I done all this? Like, how have I been so embedded in what I thought I was supposed to do that I didn't even realize who I was? And then the guilt comes of, like, me feeling like I've lied to all these people. And then... I'm panicking, so I'm, like, continuing to lie, and it just becomes very overwhelming because you're kind of like, how was I so out of control or out of, like, tune of who I was that I was not able to catch this before it became, in my mind, such a big issue? Yeah. And... You're like, how do I dig myself out of this hole? Yeah. 
but I just now realized that I'm in a hole. Yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't know I was digging. Yeah, no, I thought I was standing on the crust, bitch. I seriously thought I was just, you know, walking the park, but no, I'm fucking six feet under, yeah. and I'm like, how do I get back up there? And then it becomes, it's like when you've told a small lie, and then you make it a bigger lie, and yeah. you're like, why didn't I just... I, I just remember feeling so mad at myself that I didn't realize sooner, because I think... I came out so much later because a big part of me was like, I'm in too deep. Like, I don't know how to peel these layers back now that I've put up all these walls. Like, so much of what everyone thinks of me is a lie, and I don't know how to explain to people that aren't queer or haven't been through this that I was not doing this in a malicious way and that I didn't know for most of the time, too. Yeah. Like, that really was, like, something that really weighed on me because I was very aware, and I think this is something to make note of for... Um, folks listening, when people come out to you, whether it's that they're, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, whatever it is, like, don't give them the questions where it's like, well, then why... X, Y, Z. Well, then why did you date so-and-so? Well, then How long why did have you, you hook known? Up this? How long they... have you known? Like, well, then why did you like so much, um, you know, saying X, Y, Z or doing this or whatever? Or like, It's like, bitch, I was trying to stay afloat. <laughs> yeah, seriously. And those questions, it's like, that's confusing enough for me to be asking myself. Like, I don't even have all the answers. Yeah. And so, right, like, now I have a lot more understanding, but at the time I didn't have those answers. And I remember a big part of my stress was that I knew those questions were coming and I didn't have those answers. And even the answers I did have, I didn't want to say because I was like, this is just going to be too much. Yeah. And that's... Or people won't that's believe you when you yeah. say, I had no idea. Yeah. They're and like, they're like, okay. well, come on. How yeah. would you have no idea? Like, meet up with that girl at the party. For exactly. Yeah. And then in the same way that like I pieced it together, you become aware that other people are going to start piecing it together and think that you were just like... For me, it was like, oh my god, people were going to think I was just like maliciously cheating on my boyfriend by making out with these girls. Yeah, because like, you knew and you were, that was a loophole. Yeah, and, and I was like, he, like that he was my beard and like all these different things that come with it. And I feel like that's just, it's such a unique experience for every single person that it's impossible to like understand unless you have in some capacity had this like literal, like for at that time of my life, like a crisis identity crisis like my whole world gets flipped upside down i don't even understand it and now i'm expected to explain it to everybody else yeah Uh, yeah it feels so fucking confusing yeah you're like i'm just catching up to this game girl (laughs) (laughs) i have have as much clue as you do at this point but want to make out (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) i am the best kisser (laughs) um yeah, it's just wild when you start thinking about all of the times that your heterosexuality yeah. was assumed yeah. from birth. Yeah, actually. Every time you were three years old and in the vicinity mm-hmm. of somebody of the opposite sex and mm-hmm. parents are like, look, they're, they're boyfriend and girlfriend. Yeah. Or every single fucking Halloween costume that somebody told you you wanted to wear, every single time you wore something and somebody was like, oh, that's weird for a girl, you know? totally. It's, like, insane when you think about how many instances throughout your whole life, before you were even processing Mm. where you were, (laughs) um, that people just force it on you. And and you're just like, ha-ha! And your parents are like, ha-ha! And all your friends are just laughing, Mm too. It's... Yeah. For people that are heterosexual out there, I would describe it in the same way as like 
when you're a kid, you know how you just, like, go to school? Because that's something that you're just, like, supposed to do, and you never question it? Like, you never, like... Why did society create school where we go from September to June? And why do I take classes about history? Like, you start maybe questioning certain things that you take in school when you're, like, in, you know, maybe middle of high school. You're like, this course is dumb. Or why did I start taking this course? Or, like, this history, like, as you get older, you realize my history lessons are maybe, like, wrong. Or, like, not involving a lot of, like, racism and, like, all these different things that you realize as you age. But at a certain point in your life, you just went to school. And you just didn't question what they were telling you. And you just showed up. You believe what your teachers said. You did your homework. And it was just, that's the way the world works. I, I'm a kid, and I start going to school at this age, and I go to school. Yeah. I, that's how I would describe it, but, like, it's about you. <laughs> so it's like every day I would wake up, and I'd just do the things that I thought I was supposed to do. Yeah. And it wasn't even like I was consciously, like, I'm doing this because I'm supposed to do this. It's just that that's the way it was. Literally. Or, like, you getting out of school and starting a job because the... Mm-hmm. The world says when you finish school, you start a job and you work that job for years and then you realize, hey, I actually don't enjoy working in an office. I want to do something else. And then you start making decisions Mm -hmm. based on your passion. Yeah. And in your case, your passion was making out with girls. (laughs) (laughs) I started making the decision to make out with a lot more girls. You're like, I need a job because I need to survive (laughs) and I need money. And then eventually you're like, wait, I just jumped right into this without questioning yeah without making (laughs) out with girls without questioning you know why i'm actually working in the first place and i think every person no matter your identity um has those experiences in different facets of their life where you're all of a sudden like it's that like hamster wheel moment where you're like wait a second why am I on this wheel? Yeah. Where did, how did I get here? What do I actually want to be doing? And everyone has those, like like you said, with school, with jobs, um, with like certain family members or certain friendships that you realize, wait a second, this isn't for me. Um, and that's, I think, the same for a lot of LGBTQ plus folks. So in the same way that you maybe didn't know at a certain point in your life that what you were doing was it for you. Like, I think there's this weird assumption that like at the same time, straight people hit puberty and know they like guys like I also should have known that I liked girls yeah and then because I didn't or because I like it's either that I was lying or that I'm not really gay or like how could I be gay if I dated this guy or like whatever and it's hard for people to wrap that around their heads that like I just was on the hamster wheel yeah and I, was I just had no idea one foot ahead of the other I thought that's what I was supposed to be doing yeah and it takes one trip and then you realize <laughs> Isn't it weird that we have those moments mm-hmm. pinpointed to a location? It's fucked, actually. And I, like, I can visualize the moment. Oh, I know exactly where I sit. Like, I, when I say I was sitting in front of the mirror, I can tell you exactly, like, what side of the mirror I was sitting on. Yeah. Like, sitting on the floor, crossing my legs. I had my, like, stuff around me. I, like, can picture. I did my makeup in the same spot, so I can, like, picture. Like, I used to drive my mom nuts. There'd be, like, foundation on the mirror where I, like, did it and stuff. (laughs) And, like, literally, like, bronzer on the carpet, like, underneath me. I can, like, picture it. Like, I can smell it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's so crazy that, like, there's so many different moments once you kind of, like, become more aware of who you are that you look back and you're like, how did I not figure out then or then then? Like, why was that the moment? Because there's, trust me, there are so many moments previous to that that I could have got on. Yeah. But I just, it just didn't compute fully. I literally, basically, 
dated girls. Yes. Like I dated girls, <laughs> but I, and it's, that's the thing. Like, I'm going to say this and people are going to be like, what the fuck is she on? Like, how were you like basically in a relationship with girls, but you didn't know you were gay? But yeah. it's just confusing. Like, I didn't know what that meant. The other person didn't know what that meant. Like, You can't have an answer when you don't know you're supposed to be asking questions. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I was just, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And now, and then I look back and like, I was in love with her. I was in love with her. I didn't just think she was the coolest school girl in school. Like, I was fucking in love with her. I All I cared about was looking cool to the girls. Yeah. But I was presenting it in a way that, like, I was trying to fit in with the girls by impressing the guys. Classic. <laughs> oh, God. It's so weird to look back on. It's so fucking weird. Ugh. It gives me, like, the shivers. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think uh, it's interesting, like, something, just to, like, wrap it up, it's interesting the different dynamic of you as a gay man and me as a lesbian woman, the difference of dynamic of, like, things that probably could have happened that for us. That slapped my reality faster. Yeah. Yeah. But, like didn't because of like you have an added la- layer of societal norms like you had to be like masculine and there's no way that you could have even like made out with a guy well that's the anyone. thing is like even if i had been <laughs> like you yeah <laughs> and um thought that i was making out with a guy mm-hmm. to uh impress my girlfriend yeah as like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you see? Know? like even just saying that there's like, the added layer of like if i try to kiss a guy i might get beat up yeah totally you know? yeah so it's like there wasn't any exploration there was exploration later when we yes. were figuring out that maybe you know mm-hmm. a few of us <laughs> yeah had similar thoughts yeah um but yeah there's an added layer of mm-hmm. um uh loveliness to that. it's like societal's norms of like women do things to impress men helped me experiment to be my true self yes. in a weird way because it gave me an alibi whereas with you society's understanding that men hate femininity yeah and um inflict violence on gay men <laughs> probably yeah. um made my coming out uh, a little bit longer yeah yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap that up. How yeah. fun for us <laughs> both. Yeah. <laughs> Breeze quotes. <laughs> oh, God. We should put that on t-shirts. Yeah. Just this whole episode. Absolutely. We'll just a tiny little like, one-point font. Totally. All right. Well, wherever you're listening, make sure to follow or subscribe. Find us on Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast. Click the link in the bio. There is our Patreon there. Thank you so much to Aiden and all of our other patrons for being so generous and sponsoring I Can Explain Podcast. Um, you can check out the Patreon. You can also check out all of our merch. Um, it's linked in the bio over there. And you can follow us personally on Instagram at I Can Explain Podcast. I already said that. And Sean.Lusk and myself, Brianne Williams. And also on TikTok at I Can Explain Podcast. Got some new content new going content. up there. <laughs> and at Rian Williamson underscore on TikTok. God, the underscore really ruins it <laughs> every time. <laughs> Until next time, we will see, see you around, around the, the gay neighborhood. Hood. What is this person doing? Can you hear that? <laughs>